Mockingbirds. Courtroom drama. Boo Radley? Time to get serious on the, the Twins, Twins on Tour podcast. podcast. Hi, I'm Julie Book. I'm Jenny Bradley. And this is the, the Twins, Twins on Tour podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing To Kill a Mockingbird, which we saw on May 3rd at Playhouse Square in Cleveland. We just want to make a little bit of a disclaimer. This is going to be much more of a review of the production we saw and the people we saw than a recap of the show. We are two cisgender white women. We cannot imagine what it was like in the segregated South. Um, we don't want to speak on that because we're still trying to educate ourselves every single day to be allies to the community of people of color. Yeah. So To Kill a Mockingbird is a classic book that a lot of people are forced to read in high school anyway. Um, we'll give a little bit on what the show is about, just a general, this is what's happening and this is who these characters are. But it's not going to be as, here's what happened in the first part and a very detailed description of what's happening because there are some things that some people might not be comfortable listening to. So we're going to skip over some of that and talk more about who we saw on stage, what we saw on stage, and what we liked and did not like about what we saw on stage. To Kill a Mockingbird is a 2018 play based on the 1960 novel by Harper Lee and was adapted for the stage by Aaron Sorkin. This is a brand new production. We'll get into a little bit. There is a very famous play of To Kill a Mockingbird that's been around for years, but this is not the same one. This is a brand new version of this show. It was announced in 2016 that Aaron Sorkin would be bringing this Pulitzer Prize winning novel to Broadway. It was produced by Scott Rudin, who, if you're in with any kind of Broadway news, has his own controversy surrounding him. He's later been replaced as a producer of the show. And it's been directed by Bartlett Scher. On February 15th, 2018, it was announced that Jeff Daniels would star in the production as Atticus Finch. Celia Keenan-Bolger and Will Poland were announced to play Scout and Jem. The production began previews at the Schubert Theater in New York on November 1st, 2018, prior to its official opening on December 13th of that year. During its opening week, the production garnered more than $1.5 million at the box office. Its reviews were positive, but there were several criticisms out about the show, including the fact that there were two very famous legal disputes during the original run of this show before COVID hit. The Harper Lee estate actually sued, saying that they didn't know if they had the proper rights to be putting this show on. And the more famous one was with the licensors of the Christopher Sergal production of this show. When Sorkin adapted this, this is a completely different adaptation. The Christopher Sergal adaptation has been available for like over 50 years. And the Sergal adaptation was in direct competition to Sorkin's version. So Sorkin started his own company claiming worldwide exclusivity of professional stage rights for any production of Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. And lawyers acting for the company Scott Rudin formed, which is called Atticus LLC, they moved to shut down any production of the Circle adaptation within 25 miles of any city that Atticus LLC decided could someday host the Sorkin version of To Kill a Mockingbird, even if those companies had already paid for the rights to the Circle production. So a ton of community theaters lost out on their rights solely because the Sorkin company came in and shut them down completely it was a huge huge thing before COVID hit of all these local community theaters who had already paid to do to kill a mockingbird getting completely shut down on march 12 2020 the play shut down for covid like pretty much everything else in new york and it resumed performances on october 5th 2021 at the schubert theater the original cast did return for a limited run and a new executive producer orrin wolf took over for scott rudin because of all the controversy that came out about him on January 12, 2022, 
It was announced the show would play its final performance at the Schubert Theater on January 16th, but would later reopen at the Belasco Theater on June 1st. However, the Girl from North Country's run at the Belasco is slated to run through June 11th at least. So there's no new opening date for when Mockingbird is going to return, but we do know that Greg Kinnear is going to return as Atticus Finch once the production reopens. So, To Kill a Mockingbird takes place in the segregated South in the 1930s. The show basically follows the Finch family. Atticus Finch is a lawyer who takes on a case of supposed rape. An African-American man who is very clearly not guilty of the crime he is accused of is accused of raping a white woman, and it follows the summer of the trial through Atticus's six-year-old daughter, Scout's Eyes, and what she learns about life and what she learns about human experience through what her father is going through. Mm -hmm. This show was headed up by Richard Thomas, who my mom was really excited to hear about because apparently he was on a TV show back in the good old days. He was, he played John Boy on the Waltons. Yes. If you ever watched the show Best Week Ever when they used to make fun of the Waltons, it was John Boy and his mole. <laughs> yeah. So he played Atticus Finch in this production. Melanie Moore was Scout Finch, the writers and stagers of the current production on Broadway and the tour of To Kill a Mockingbird decided to cast adult actors to play these kids because the show's supposed to be like it's adult scout looking back on her experience. Yeah, throughout the show, you'll see there's parts where um, Scout, her brother... Her, where Scout, her brother, Jem, and their friend, Dill, talk to the audience. They break the fourth wall a lot in this a show. Lot. It starts off with breaking of the fourth For the wall. most part, when they're talking to us, they're talking as the adult versions of themselves thinking back on it. For example, right at the beginning of the show, they talk about the trial. This is this is where Atticus sat. That's where the judge was. That's where the witnesses were. Mm -hmm. And they very early mention, Bob Ewell fell on his knife. And I have not read this book since high school. I was like, which one is Bob Ewell? He's the bad guy. He's the uber racist man who's in this show. Terrible person. You're glad that he gets what he deserves. Yeah. Melanie Moore played Scout Finch, who is basically the main narrator. Justin Mark, which was her older brother, Jem, one of the other main narrators of the show. And Stephen Lee Johnson played Dill, who is their friend, who also is, there's basically the three kids narrating the show. So a fact about the show, it's written by Harper Lee, who this was her big thing that she wrote back mm -hmm. in the day. The character of Dill is actually based on her very good childhood friend, Truman Capote. Yeah. We learned that in Broadway Buzz. Once again, especially going to, I think, even more so going to a play. Mm -hmm. Going to Broadway Buzz in Cleveland before your show, if you set aside that time, it starts at, what, 6.30, and mm -hmm. then you're done by 7 when the doors open, so you just walk right to your seat. Yeah. Um, really gave good background about this show. I learned a lot before beforehand about this, and that was one of the gems that we learned was that, uh, yeah, yeah Truman Capote is Truman who Capote. Dill is based on. Yeah. Basically, this show starts right the day the trial has started, and it goes up to a few days after the trial mm -hmm. ends. The whole play, I know in the book it spans years, but yeah. in the play and the Broadway production and the current tour, it takes place in a few days, which... I liked that a bit better yeah. because in the book it was like it seemed like a long time for her to grow up mm -hmm. but in this one like she learns pretty quickly and she's like oh like this is this isn't how things should be. Most of the show like 75% of the show covers the trial yes. and what their life as the Finches was like at home outside of the trial. Jacqueline Williams played Calpurnia who is the housekeeper and basically the nanny type. Yeah the mother figure to Scout and yeah, Jim after to, their mother passed away. Yeah and she basically is a voice of reason for Atticus. I really enjoyed Jacqueline Williams performance. Yes. One thing I did like as we said this is very serious content and 
could easily have just been a two and a half hour depression fest because this is a long show. Mm -hmm. They did remember that this is through the eyes of children and they did have some very comical, wholesome moments in the show, which I really enjoyed. Atticus and Calpurnia had like a brother-sister back Mm -hmm. and forth, which you could feel the tension bubbling about something much more serious, which ends up being an argument in the second act. But I liked that they didn't just take this down a road of like, segregation was awful let's visit it for two hours they also put in like yes like this is a show with three children narrators like there's some humor in this show like the only thing that really irked me in this show melanie moore did a fantastic job playing scout finch except for one thing her accent most things she said like the inflex in her voice like the like the emphasis sounded like it was kind of like this where everything she said was like a question. Yeah. And then you didn't know if she was asking a question. Yeah, she's like, the judge sat over liar. And it was yeah. it was like an inflection. And also, I don't know if it was just she was tr- she's playing a six-year-old, clearly. I don't know if she was trying to make her voice sound younger or if maybe her with her southern accent, it sounded like she had a little bit of like a speech impediment. Yeah, and I, I can maybe attribute that to she's trying to sound like a six-year-old because most six-year-olds are a southern six-year-old. Yeah. And most six-year-olds aren't eloquent speakers yet, so I'm guessing that's what she was going mm-hmm. for. But yeah, after a while, it kind of became a little bit distracting that everything she said, like even just statements, sounded like she was asking a question. Yeah, like Atticus is my father. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. That was the only really big thing I had with this show that I had problems with was that that accent. Yeah. I really, I really, really enjoyed Justin Mark and Stephen Lee Johnson, who played Jem and Dill. They didn't do that with their voices. Granted, they were playing 10-year-olds, so even still, most 10-year-olds that I know aren't the most eloquent speakers in the world. Yeah. So I really did enjoy, they both brought, like, a really youthful excitement and energy to the stage. All three of them did. I really did. I enjoyed Melanie's performance as well. That was just the only thing is that sometimes her accent, I was just like, what is she trying to do here? Yes, exactly. And I think the standout performer of the show was Yigel T. Welch, who played Tom Robinson, the Mm -hmm. man accused of a crime and ultimately killed for a crime that he did not commit. Mm -hmm. He took us on that journey with him. It was very emotional. When Tom Robinson was on the stand, I became emotional because I was so scared for the character, even though I knew what was going to happen. happen. That's one thing. I wish they would have made his part a little bit bigger. Yeah. Because you don't, especially because this only takes place the week of of court, you get little tidbits of Atticus outside of court. You see the kids outside of court. I wish they would have shown something with Tom in his life, with his family. Yeah. Because there was a whole community that he came from. And the African-American actors on stage, there were fewer of them, obviously, because in the South, probably not as many of them were welcome in the courtroom at that time. I would have liked to see something else that showed him as something else besides just the guy who was the arrested. Yes. Yeah. Because thankfully you don't see that with the woman who's accused him of this crime. You don't see her outside of court no. either, which is good. You see her for the true evil that she actually is. Yeah. And of course she went through things. She was being sexually assaulted by her father. She went through things too. Nothing that excuses what she accused Tom of, but... I think his part could have been bigger. The only time you saw him outside of court was when he was appearing as some sort of like godly spirit at the end Mm -hmm. when he was, after Jem was attacked and he comes to like visit Atticus. Yeah. But he doesn't even say anything. Yeah. So I don't know. I think another standout performer obviously was Richard Thomas. He played Atticus phenomenally. Very, very well. He, I was, 
a little, you know, like, oh, some guy from, like, a wholesome down-home TV show, you know what I mean? Yeah. He had such stage presence. And he's a very accomplished stage actor, he actually. Is. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed his performance. He hit the comedic things exactly as he should have with a show that is so serious. He wasn't up there being like, hey, pull my finger, I'm Atticus. Yeah. The things he did were a very, you could tell he had the weight of the world on his shoulders, but he was still trying to do things for his kids. Yeah. Or, like, the things he was saying, he was, like, as a teacher, sometimes I come home, I'm like, good lord, if I hear my name one more time, and he's just (laughs) reacting how anyone would react Mm -hmm. in some of these situations. I really enjoyed his performance. Yes. And he also did a southern accent without, like, overdoing it. Yeah. So a lot of this show does take place, like we said, in the courtroom, and then they have what the house of the Finches that comes in. That's basically the only two sets we had, but I really enjoyed the set work in this show. I did as well. They made the choice not to have a jury on stage. They said like, oh, the jury was over here, but it was just like a blank jury section. They didn't have chairs or anything, but like they would look to the jury and talk to the Mm -hmm. jury throughout. They did have like a spectators kind of area, which was really cool because they would call people up like, to testify, and then they would come out from, like, the spectators area, but there wasn't a jury on stage. They did have the judge who was played by Richard Poe. I also enjoyed his performance a lot. For those of you who might not remember from the book, the judge basically is like, Atticus, please take this case. No one else can win it except for you. Yeah. Atticus is like, I'm not a criminal defense attorney, and he's like, you need to be for this guy, because the judge knows that Tom isn't guilty, and he's like, by law, I have to try him. Yeah. But this guy can either take a plea deal and go to jail for 18 years unjustly, or you can get him off because I believe if anyone can do it with this town, with farmers on the jury, it's you. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed his performance as well. And um, the sheriff was played by David Christopher Wells. They kind of just were like <laughs> the buddy cop thing, at yeah. the, especially at the end where they cover up for Boo Radley. This was always one thing with the book <laughs> and the play that I'm like what is Boo Radley? Like, I get it. Like, he's the neighbor who has, like, a a jaded, storied past and everything. But, like, he's introduced so suddenly in the book and in the play, and they're like, we're gonna go break into Boo Radley's house. Why would you break into somebody's house? Even uh, as a child, I never dreamt of breaking into somebody's house. I get it. It was, like, a huge use of foreshadowing because at the end of the book, after Tom Robinson, who Atticus has been defending, was killed in prison, Bob Ewell, who was the father of the girl who accused Tom of rape, comes after Atticus and his family, and Boo Radley does the old stip-stab and kills Bob Ewell, and Atticus and the judge and the sheriff of the town are like, no, he fell on, on his, his knife. knife. Because Boo Radley has such a rumor about him anyway. They're like, this kid's just someone who, he's had a rough life, and he already has rumors about him, like, why make his life worse when all he was doing was saving your kids, Atticus? And they're like, yeah. So I get it. It was a huge foreshadowing because, like, the little tidbits about Boo Radley throughout the show show you that he's not bad. Like, he hems Jem's pants when they were trying to break into his house and Jem rips his pants off because they got caught on the fence and Boo Radley mends them and hides them in the tree by their house. Or he makes Scout and Jem dolls. I get it, but I'm just always like, the character of Boo Radley is just so weird to me because it's just like he pops up and is like, stim stab, bye. Yeah. <laughs> One casting decision I really enjoyed in this show was Anthony Natale. He played Link Dees, who was Tom's boss on the farm he worked on. And also what they said was the town drunk, which at first he was comedic. It takes a very serious turn. He was actually played by Anthony Natale, who he's deaf. And he spoke both in sign language and spoken word. If it was something that was a lot longer, he signed on stage and the actors playing 
Jem, Dill, or Scout would say, like, translate for him. And if not, he was speaking, like, not super long things because sometimes that can be hard for people to understand. I really enjoyed that. I think it brought something else to the show. Like, having, I've never seen personally an actor on stage who was deaf and signing at a show. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I think it's the kind of inclusion we should have because, no, is the character written as a deaf man? No. Was he expertly played by a deaf man and it did not take away anything from the show? Absolutely. I think that's exactly something that I love seeing in theater decisions like that being made. Yeah, same. It was a great casting decision. Plus, he went from like, oh, ha ha ha, I'm the town drunk, to he has a very serious storyline that also teaches Scout, Jem, and Dill a very serious lesson because Mm -hmm. he's a white man who was married to a black woman. They had a mixed race child and the child died because he could not get medical care in the South at certain hospitals because white hospitals wouldn't take him. It was a very serious thing. And Scout's like, but he was a kid. Why wouldn't they take him? And the guy's like, that that's life. Sometimes people don't get what they deserve. And it was a really serious moment. And I loved how they did that with the mix of the sign language and translation and him talking as well. It was a really poignant moment in the show. It was. It really and I was. really enjoyed that. Overall, too, I was impressed there were no sound issues. It may just be something that more happens in musicals. I know that we've mentioned sound issues a lot. Mm -hmm. Maybe because it was just a play. There were zero sound issues, which I thought was amazing because I understood sound-wise every single piece of dialogue in the show. Yeah. Like we said, this is something we could go into super long detail about this. It's not something that I think would make an enjoyable episode for people to listen to, especially when it's a book that a lot of people have read and digested. I really did enjoy this production. I was really happy this was included on our season Same. ticket. I was, I was floored by a lot of the performances. Yeah, it was it was a really impactful show. And it's something I know the eighth graders at my school read To Kill a Mockingbird. I wish they could have saw this production because Same. it's something that I think, I think younger people do need to see. It's yeah. something that, yes, some of the language especially is jarring during the show. It is. You're not supposed to feel comfortable in that kind of situation no. in the audience. And I like that the actors are so committed in their roles that they know you're not comfortable and they're like no but we're going to show you what actually happened in situations like it's a discomfort that a lot of a lot of us need to see and feel because a lot of people they live that during their lives and it gives you a sense of apathy and empathy that some people need checked in our world today it sticks with you it does i was really happy this was included i'm happy this was the first play we got to see professionally I really did enjoy this show. All right. Well, I think that about wraps this up. We planned on not doing a super long episode of this because some of the content... It's pretty heavy. Yeah. So, if you want to hit us up on social media, we are on TikTok at TwinsOnTour1, Twitter at TwinsOnTour1, Instagram the.twins.on.tour1, and on Facebook, the Twins on Tour podcast. All right. I'm Julie Book. I'm Jenny Bradley. And this is the, the Twins, Twins on Tour, Tour podcast. podcast.